show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you in the game. And with just a week until the season gets underway, we'll start our divisional previews in a couple of days' time. But for today, we're going to get through all the latest news and views, big injuries, starting QBs named, cuts made, trades going ahead, loads for us to get into. You're listening to The Gridiron Show. Welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you in the game. Uh, we are just two weeks away from the start of the season, so there is still plenty of time to get your trip planned in for this year. I think there are still a couple of places on our Deep South Tour, which promises to be a fantastic 10 days out in the States. Three games, a college game, four days in Orleans. We're going to see Jay-Z as well, if you want to join us for that. Uh, Matt Sherry and obviously Ollie Hunter are here as well. Matt Sherry, are you coming to see Jay-Z? Uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm not. Oh, that's quite disappointing. I was quite excited about seeing Sherry at a, at a hip-hop concert. It's, I'm still slightly undecided on it. Um, it is obviously costing money to go. so, And it's just not really my thing. The problem for me is that me and Simon Clancy are kind of off-piste for most of the trip in that we're going to go and do a lot of interview media stuff outside of the two so until we finalize everything that we're doing i really don't know where we'll even be on the thursday and me and ollie are just going to be pieing up yeah Woo! <laughs> uh, genuinely uh, the new jay-z album is incredible ollie if you've not heard it yet it's so good i've not heard it i listened to the new queens of the stone age stuff today um, oh i've not listened to any of that yet oh oh i really liked it really liked it i yeah get on it John offered me a ticket to go to Reading, John Jackson of uh, coming to the Super Bowl fame. Um, he offered me a ticket to go to Reading, but like on Thursday, and Queens of Stones were playing a secret gig, and I really wanted to go, but sadly could not get the time off. Plus, I literally just got back off holiday, and that would have just been taking the mick a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, plus, uh, would you rather go to Leeds or Reading? I'd go Leeds, I think. Reading every time. Yeah. My parents live like a 10-minute walk away. I can go home, I can eat bacon sandwiches for breakfast i can sleep in a bed i can shower all right le- uh, reading it is next time let's go reading <laughs> i never want to go to reading festival again but if i do that's, oh, that's, that's i've heard it's really feral uh, the whole thing's horrendous yeah like um you've, it's been like two and a half weeks guys well how's everyone been yeah 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 pretty great uh i got ill <laughs> that, that sounded so convincing no no, no i was really ill for like a week whilst you're away i think it was my body going into shutdown uh, because you were uh, <laughs> a, an ocean and then a continent away. Uh, but I've recovered, recovered well, uh, and I'm just gearing up to the season. You know, like, I wasn't this excited for the season, uh, for the football season, the soccer season, but now I really am for, for the NFL. It's weird we how also, things turn we, around. We also did our first fantasy draft last night, and we're going to do a bit of a, a fantasy special coming up uh, later this week. We're going to get Neil Dutton on. In fact, we could just... I could just, I just get Dutz on and we'll just put it on the end of this show. Yeah. Just, just add the yeah. fantasy to this. Were Why you, not? Were you happy with your fantasy draft? I, I was very happy with my fantasy draft. Yeah. I thought I drafted really well. Yeah, as, as was yeah. I. As was um, I. When are we doing this one that Josh has set up? Isn't that this week as well? I have no idea about that. Oh, I don't know. He's, he'll, he'll have I was to on, I was on holiday and I was just like, yeah. So, yeah, whenever. I, I, I don't even know if he's got enough players for it. 
Oh God! <laughs> so well, if Josh hasn't got it? enough, if Josh, if Josh hasn't got enough players for our uh, Gridiron magazine and show uh, latest uh, fantasy football thing, then we'll offer it out to a few listeners and see if we can cool. get the numbers up to at least. Come on, it's got to be a sensible twelve at least. I think four times too many. Too many, as uh, we saw last night. On the subject of fantasy games, I am going to mention as well that next week we are relaunching the picks game on the Gridiron website. Um, Oh yeah, brilliant! Yeah, big fan we of that. We want we want to get oh, everyone rubbish, playing sorry, it this sorry. year. It's it's awesome this year. Like we've redesigned it. The the it should be much more user friendly. We've got a sponsor this year, so the prizes are really good as well. Um, Football America are sponsoring it, so there's loads of really good prizes. And I'm going to urge now as many people to sign up as we can because we um, we've put a lot of work into it in the off season, and it's it's pretty awesome. Like you make your picks this year, and you can. That it automatically generates a graphic where you can share it on your social media and share your picks for the week and, and that kind of thing. So please have a look out for that next week and, and join in and play because it's going to be really cool. Sherry, will that and be on the website, prices. yeah? Yeah, it's just, it, you'll see that, I mean, the, the section of the website is there already, but if you click it, you just come to a page of basically nothing. But from next week, it'll come to a really nice launch page. And, and put your NFL team in as well because when you win... The prizes with Football America at Alaska NFL team and a couple of other things to sign up and email address. But if you put your team in, then we're we're, we're trying to tailor the prizes to to who you support. Yeah, sweet, good shout, good shout. I don't want to end up with Patriots gear, for instance. Exactly. When I don't win, which because I, I just won't win. I, uh, I, I spent very, other than fantasy football stuff, I spent very little time following the football while I was out in the States. I watched like a little bit of NFL Network here and there, and, and I, uh, I nearly went to the Rams-Cowboys preseason game because we were arriving in LA a day earlier than we expected, and I didn't go. And then I spoke with uh, Greg Rosenthal later that week, and he was like, there were, there were only 21 first downs in the whole game, so you picked the right game to not go to. Uh, <laughs> the pre- preseason football has been pretty bleak, and there have been injuries galore, although I'm very much a, a defender of it from, a, from an injury perspective. People go, oh, injured in preseason. Well, if they don't do these preseason games, or at least like the, the heavy training and stuff, when it comes to week one and they're suddenly taking 50-plus snaps, then... Yeah, they'd just be a lot, lot more injuries. Coming the the, 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 the injuries will basically just transfer into the regular season, like it's and and probably be worse. Is, you'd have more yeah. of them because you'd have more people who aren't fully prepared and and ready to go. So we're going to get to all of those, and we're going to talk about the big news of the day. And apparently, we're going to talk to Neil Dutton about fantasy football as well. So there's loads sure. for us to get onto. I think the only reasonable place to start is with the absolutely massive news overnight that the Eagles traded their long snapper to the Saints. <laughs> Uh, a new appara- season but the same that- old jokes from Will <laughs> <laughs> that, that joke got the level of laugh it absolutely deserved that I'm really pleased with it um, no of course it is Matthew Stafford becoming the highest paid player in NFL history $135 million extension 92 million of that in the guarantees $27 million a year he becomes the first player to top over 25 million overtaking Derek Carr from earlier this summer now we asked for people for questions on this and, and immediately Matt Waring got in touch Matt Stafford highest paid NFL player ever really how long for literally any other player tops this now there is the fact that there is an element of the hyperinflated market 
you've got new contracts coming for Matt Ryan, for Aaron Rodgers, yeah, for guys who are going to end up being paid even more than this. But I have absolutely no issue with the Lions making Matt Stafford the highest paid player in the NFL. We've got no choice, have they? Yeah. This is what it is. Like, the quarterback market now is just resetting with every new contract. It's not like... It, it's not like, the, the in any way, it's suggesting that Matt Stafford is the best quarterback in the NFL. It's su- suggesting that the salary caps go up by 10 million plus every year. So, with every new contract, the market resets. So, I mean, it's hard to get annoyed about. The Lions had to re-sign him because he is a guy who you can win to a certain level with and it's really difficult to find even a guy like that. So, yeah, makes perfect sense. A lot of people are having a dig here because he's not won uh, you know, divisional titles, he's 0-3 in the playoffs, etc. But we know what an absolute crap storm it's been at the Lions for a long time. And you've got to remember that they never got Stafford on the cheap. They Stafford and Sam Bradwood, Bradford were the last two quarterbacks to come out in the pre-new CBA era where rookies who came out right at the top of the draft got paid like top-end veterans. You know, got these kind of 18, 19 million dollar a year contracts yeah. coming into the NFL. So he's on his third contract and he's already earned well over 110 million from the Lions and will, with this, go well beyond the 200 million dollar mark. Um, but like you say, I mean, it, it got reset with Joe Flacco. Yeah, like, exactly. Three I mean, years it, ago. It just and, happens, doesn't it? And, I, and the thing is, my feeling with it, I, I, in my head, I was, I, when people were saying, oh, how can he be paid like the highest paid quarterback in the NFL? So I started to look at it, and I, I looked at the numbers and stuff, but I, I think the big thing for me, and I, I talked about Stafford with this last year, since Jim Bob Cooter's come in, he's looked like a much, much better quarterback. And what's really impre- surprising about it is it's crazy to think he's gone a lot better since Calvin Johnson has retired because what they've had to do because they've not had just that big weapon that escape route that throw it up and he should catch it even if he's in triple coverage he's become Stafford has become a lot more disciplined he they do like no pre-stat movement and stuff he just stands there reads the defense you'll see they run the clock all the way down a lot of the time because he just takes his time I I, I actually started to think that with the way that Jim Bob Cooter has simplified things the Stafford is now in the top 10 quarterback conversation for me. Whoa, really? I mean, d- Absolutely. Doesn't 100%. It, doesn't I, did my, of... I, did, I did my top 10, and he was in at 9. That's amazing. Okay, well, uh, his record, 5 wins and 46 defeats against teams that finish with a win- winning record. 1 win uh, out of 26 on the road. Uh, that has to change. I don't know how you can have someone as a top 10 quarterback with a, a record against teams that finish with a, a winning record because they've done a, think, a dreadful job job of building teams in detroit they have that, always that, that had one the, of the thinnest rosters in the nfl constantly they that, are like one injury away from collapse that is the main thing that i've been thinking just i'm trying to work out now the teams he's led over the years they've they've other than this year on paper they've never had an offensive line where you think oh that's a really good offensive line i don't think they've had a thousand yard rusher since Barry Sanders. I mean, they've maybe they've had one or two seasons since then, but not many. I and, mean, and the thing is, like, last thousand yard rusher they had. Well, so uh, even right now, they've got Theo Riddick, who I really like as a pass catching back. But then they've got Amir Abdullah, who they've came into the NFL with so much hype. Exactly. So uh, you know, the, the run game still isn't there. They've gone out and signed a lot of number two receivers for more money than they should have spent on them. Um, I just they've and from a defensive standpoint. They had a superstar in Sue. They couldn't afford to keep him. They let him go. And then beyond that, 
they've always just been thin. They've had players like DeAndre Levy, who are these brilliant stalwart like guys who stick around for a very long time, are very consistent, but they've never had any big standouts on they've that got, side of the and, ball. And even, even the guys who could be big standouts, like Ziggy Ansah, it just never really seems to happen, does it? Like, I know he, was, he had injury problems last year, and we, he's one of the guys you would look at this season and think, he could be a breakout star. But we've said that for two years, and it never happens. Like, they, they just... And, and, and to be fair, I think I kind of think that Stafford is the perfect quarterback because he's just kind of a guy who's a bit better than a guy. And that's what the Lions often are like. Is he the kind of player who will elevate an average team? Probably not. But if you put a good team around him, you like to think that you could get deep into the playoffs, and, and I'm sure you could. It's no surprise in that two of their three playoff seasons, the following year, they've had a losing record. No, that's, absolutely that's exactly, not. It's exactly the sort of team the Lions are. But I do believe that his level of play puts him right into the that top 10 conversation. I think there are a couple of guys who I have just outside my top 10 right now who this year could easily leapfrog him with a good with by continuing to build on their good young career, the kind of Jameis Winston's, yeah. Marcus Mariota's of the world, who could see them like over the next two seasons elevate themselves to even like top five type status based on what we've seen from them so far. But they've still got a lot to do before they get there. A lot of uh, ironing out errors, a lot of missing throws that are like open throws that are on the field, just stuff like that, which comes with time and experience. Like, well, it's crazy. He's only 29 years old, Matthew Stafford. And I was kind of thinking about this. He's got to a third contract by 29. But you look at a lot of the other guys who are coming in now, and it's kind of become an old adage. And we'll talk about the Deshaun Kaiser thing shortly as well. But guys don't come in and sit anymore and take their time and you know by the time they get to their second contract they're just becoming a starting quarterback guys are expected to start from like day one and so it's no surprise that even the young quarterbacks we like like have you been watching hard knocks no uh, James yeah, Winston I've, watched, I've watched a fair bit of it has been absolutely brilliant on it but they have those moments where they show him just making completely boneheaded decisions. And you forget that when, because you get excited about him, you kind of forget that he is that sort of player who will make those bad the, decisions. The, the thing is, though, the, the one thing with the Lions contract is that I think is, is getting really interesting now in the NFL. It is, I, I kind of think there's, there's a window for most quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl. And ironically, it's when their skills are at its lowest because we're seeing now increasingly with the growth of these contracts but also the fact that the, the rookie deals are so small that, that there's a real sweet spot in year three to five and it's where Winston and Mariota are at right now where teams are able to put really good teams on the field I mean you look at that Tennessee and that Bucks team they look to me like two of the most stacked rosters in the NFL now because they've got them on the cheap contract and the Lions are in a situation at the opposite end of the spectrum where it's going to be really tough for them to build the talent that they need to build around Stafford because so much of the salary cap is taken up. So I think it bears watching in the next few years when we've got some quarterbacks who are pretty good around that age range because they're really in the sweet spot to win Super Bowls because they're on stacked rosters on cheap contracts when the rosters are stacked because of that. I think that's interesting. Maybe a bit nerdy, but interesting. Uh, excitingly nerdy though I like it I like it a lot should we move on and talk about some of the other uh, bits and pieces of news that have been around over the last few days let's um, start off with Vontae's perfect five game suspension the uh, Cincinnati Bengals have decided that they are going to appeal this uh, this particular suspension it's for an off the ball hit which I, I, everyone around the team is claiming is absolutely legal is there an element of this 
and you know, with the NFL recently, have obviously had some uh, some other issues with a certain Ezekiel Elliott. But I know that was an off the field thing. But is there an element with this where we've had a there's also a level of expectation with Vontaze Perfect and the fact that it's built on a lot of other incidents. This looks to me, I'm watching it again now, like something that most players committing that kind of foul would get flagged if it's not legal and then no suspension. But Perfect is just built up so much over time that you know, he just has to make one dirty hit and suddenly he's going to be out for half a season. Well, we spoke to George Aluka in at the Super Bowl, and to put the question to him is: Do the do the Bengals get an unfair rep from uh, from uh, referees? Everyone and, from everyone as well. And he was like, "Well, who says that?" And I said, "Well, commentators and uh, play callers, the media, refs." And you look at this, and yeah, will I agree with you? The the challenge, the the tackle, isn't that bad. But it is this this sort of build up of of loads and loads of of other incidents, probably ones much worse. And the the NFL have just said, right, that's it. Let's stamp it out. It, it's it's a classic NFL problem of there's just never any consistency with anything that they do with this kind of thing. It, it feels like overcompensating for probably letting them off with things in the past that they shouldn't have. He probably shouldn't have got suspended at all for this one, but ultimately he's behaved like a thug on the field for long enough that I really have no sympathy for him. I fully suspect that. I I fully suspect that he will. uh, They'll appeal it, and he will still be suspended, but he'll just get a shortened suspension too. Yeah, it'll be like three games or something. And yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Like he he is consistently. A bit of a moron on the field, so let's I don't be really honest. Have any the Bengals missing perfect is the least of their worries this coming season. <laughs> Absolutely. Why is that? Well, starting to turn, and I, I really was hugely down on the Bengals after free agency, and now I'm starting to slightly think they might do better than I thought. You're a big Joe Mixon fan, and I understand. Uh, as a player, obviously. <laughs> Not I just have to warn everyone now that it is past midday at the time we're recording this and I might be getting a beer delivery order in the next hour. So if I have to step away from the microphone whilst we're all chatting, I apologise for that now. Uh, I've got just a Tesco's order turning up, which I've, this is for our fantasy league, which we're drafting at my house next weekend. And I've just had the list sent through to me and I feel like it's going to take three guys to carry it into the house. There's so much beer has been ordered. So, yeah, I might have to step away for a few minutes just to warn you now. Do you want to talk about, Matt Sherry, uh, starting quarterbacks or season-ending injuries? Let's start with the negative of season-ended injuries and then uplift everybody with, in fact, the both negative problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Blake Bortles being announced as starting quarterback is not is, is no more positive nor negative than Julian Edelman being done for the season. Uh, absolutely horrible thing to happen. And, and like we said, I think me and Matt are on the same page on this. Uh, an injury happening in preseason is no more or less likely than it happening in the season. And I think it's ridiculous to suggest that it's preseason football's fault. But... Uh, to an ACL tear in his right knee during the preseason win over the Lions. Um, it was initially when he was carried off. It, I mean, people were talking about being the knee immediately, but it was confirmed the next morning. The 32-year-old receiver uh, who has been 
Tom Brady's go-to guy, particularly when Rob Gronkowski's been so in and out of the team as he has been in latter parts of seasons in recent years. Um, and the only kind of lining, silver lining for the Patriots here is that they went out and made a deal to get a guy who, in Brandon Cooks, should offer them the perfect uh, replacement immediately for Julian Edelman. And they've got the most stacked roster I can remember in the NFL, his, in the history of the uh, NFL since the salary cap. So, you know, if one team can afford to lose a player for the year, I think it's probably the Patriots. Well, I agree, yeah, I mean, with, you, I agree with you there because when you look at when it happened to Jordy Nelson and the Green Bay Packers, it really threw their entire season off kilter, or the start of their season anyway. Um, they cover for it in the end-ish, uh, but never really, really sort of got back to what they should have been offense-wise, you could probably say they haven't ever since anyway. Um, and with Edelman going out, all of those other weapons that are, that are already there, the, the seven running backs that could probably, probably be starters in other teams, and the uh, Brandon Cooks and Hogan et al., uh, Rob Gronkowski, Dwayne, they, they have so much talent there that it, I'm not sure how, mis- how misty will be. It's a, it's one of them where if it was last season, I don't think they'd have won the Super Bowl. But this season, I just have no no doubt that it'll that they'll barely skip a beat. And that's not, to, I, I think Julian Edelman is one of the three or four most important players in that roster. But as you guys have alluded to, they're so ridiculously stacked. Like I mean, you you mentioned Cooks. I still think Cooks will play a different role. But Chris Hogan has been their best player in preseason, and and ran a lot of those slot routes that, that Edelman runs. He'll replace them, so will the array of other guys that 50,000 little running backs they've got who can catch the ball out the backfield will no doubt take some of the snaps, so they'll be fine. And I mean, the, the one thing it is a reminder of to me is the periods for me have never been stronger than they are this season. But it is a continuous reminder and, and at the right time that the NFL is largely about which team stays healthiest as much as which team is the most talented. Like the Patriots can afford to lose Edelman right now, but if they lose Gronkowski again and and maybe Cooks gets injured, then it's a completely different picture. So mm-hmm. it, it is a reminder that for all a lot of people are saying going into the season that the Patriots are the favourites, and and rightly so. There is an element in the NFL that ninety percent of it is about staying healthy and. And that's the Patriots getting off to a terrible start with 17 weeks of a regular season and and then they'd hope another three, four weeks of postseason action left. So it, it's, it bears watching for that reason, I think. Sherry, and, and look, the thing is, we are very much in silly season at the moment when it comes to those comments on where teams are going to be, not be. We're going to be doing our divisional previews coming up. We're recording a bunch of them on Friday. We'll be releasing a lot of shows over the next two weeks with a, a preview of each division in them. And... The fact is, is that people are putting more stock, I feel like, in preseason football this year than any year I can remember recently. And we do have to remember a little bit. This is preseason football. Actually, I think we're better to go back and look at how we felt about rosters around the draft time. Around That's that's the uh, better indicator to me. And the Patriots, you know, how they've performed or not performed in preseason, that's not what it's about. It is all about what, how strong that roster is and how strong the coaching staff is uh, and and I still ha- I don't think they'll I think you've got it bang on I don't think they're going to skip miss a beat at all Sherry were you surprised that they let Coney Ely leave for the Jets or just no, leave he's been a, he's been a disaster in, yeah. in camp I mean 
it's an interesting one. I mean, people have said that they've, they've lost out massively. They, they dropped 10 spots in the draft to get him. Like, it really didn't make any difference. But sometimes it just doesn't work out. I mean, he, he wasn't at the first practice and cited a disagreement with Belichick, which wasn't a good sign. And then <laughs> yeah, good. he came good on start. a bit, but he was just... It just didn't work. I mean, so I think better to cut Bird now. They are weaker pass rusher, though. Like, there's no doubt about that. Like, as good as the roster is, they're either weaker pass rusher or linebacker, depending on how they use Hightower, because there's thoughts that he might play on the edge, but then that massively weakens them at middle linebacker. So, so yeah, it is. It, it happens, doesn't it? I mean, I think a lot of these moves look good at the time, but you never know how they're going to work out. And I think the book on Ely is he is the kind of guy that's difficult to coach and I think the periods thought like they do with a lot of players that they could get him round and, and he'd be different in this system but clearly they've seen signs that that's not going to work out so they've, they've just cut bait now difficult to coach I, I think, I think... for the Jets then yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Well, I think I think the only reason that it surprised me is because Rob Ninkovich retired this off season. Derek Rivers, the guy you went out and had the incredibly highly rated uh, defensive end, he got injured. I, we all love Trey Flowers. We all know how much, particularly Matt loves Trey Flowers. But I was just, I, I guess it had to be it, to be cut from that team at a point where they've lost a couple of pass rushers and had injuries to others and whatever else. You've got to have been pretty, pretty much a dick. And it sounds like that's the case with Cody Ely because there is no other way that you could have got kicked off based on play. If you go back to Super Bowl 50, he's clearly a talented player. So he's got to have done something wrong. And I just think, wow, well done, mate. You've missed out on the opportunity to be a star pass rusher on a team that really needs it right now, who are most people's tip to win the Super Bowl this year. And the other thing as well is with Ely. He was like, I, I remember that his year at the, at the draft, he was basically dubbed as a a top five kind of guy and then just dropped to the second round and nobody knew why. And I guess now we, we have a better idea of what now we know. Now we know. Um, the other kind of season-ending injury that happened over recent days that really stood out was Spencer Ware from the Kansas City Chiefs. It actually happened in the same game window, almost at the same time as the Edelman injury. Kind of my Twitter feed was completely plugged with both injuries kind of popping up at the same time. He's got an injury to his PCL, which will likely keep him out for the entire season. He's getting a second opinion, but uh, it's it's the PCL is less of an issue than the ACL longer term, but it's still probably season ending but not unlike uh, the the Patriots I mean I, I, I don't want to put it quite in the same range but already there was talk about how he was expected to be splitting carries with Kareem Hunt Kareem Hunt has been so impressive their young uh, third round pick uh, rookie I, I, the, the talk out camp before he even uh, had this injury was that Kareem Hunt was going to be coming up as the guy and so I, th- I actually think that Again, if they if somebody could afford it at the moment, it probably was the Chiefs, and they'd almost rather it happened now because they've got Shakandrick West there, they've got CJ Spiller there as well as a third choice. They they're probably covered. Well, they, they never struggled. I've, I've never I can't remember the last time I watched a Chiefs run back. It wasn't good, so I'm sure it'll be fine. Like it seems like whenever they have new running backs in Kansas City, they always play well. So yeah, I mean it's just. I don't think that's anywhere near as big as some of the other injuries that we've seen. I have to say I was delighted, delighted to see that uh, Jamal Charles is being kept on the Broncos roster. Oh, yeah. I don't know whether he's going to play that much, but But, I was really delighted for him. But there's the whole uh, preseason football thing. He actually 
I mean, you can look on, on online and see some of these highlights, and he actually looked pretty good for his four carries for 29 yards or whatever. I mean, I know it's not much, but the interesting thing about that was that CJ Anderson took most of the reps. Now, I know most they, they don't tend to take, the first teamers don't take reps in the fourth game, they tend to do it in the third game. So. I don't, the Broncos' backfield will be quite interesting, I think. Uh, Brooker, uh, Devontae Booker uh, is coming back off of an injury. But if you're Kareem Hunt in Kansas City, you're thinking, God, what luck. I, I know he won't be thinking that as a, as a, for a professional teammate, but, and a, a, yeah. a teammate, but it, it probably couldn't have come for a, a better time for him. And aside from Christian McCaffrey... Perhaps, and, and maybe Leonard Fournette, but the, the Jags, as, as we'll talk about soon anyway, are a bit of a dumpster fire. But he it throws himself into the offensive rookie of the year conversation or pretty much straight away. Yeah, and as a man like who took Kareem Hunt in both of his dynasty leagues, rookie drafts, I'm personally delighted. Oh, get out. That's right. Will Gavin just celebrated an injury. Uh, they, what about the Dallas Cowboys? What... Like, is anyone else starting to get the feeling around this team that they're going to have a problem this year? Because oh, big time! Between I, 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 the, hitch- the Zeke stuff, I thought that I thought that they would. Yeah, so we we, we talked we we've talked previously about the Zeke stuff and the fact that he's now going to be missing likely six weeks. Darren McFadden, I'm sorry, at his age, is not the answer. Alfred Morris proved in Washington he's not the one. Like you look at the, the rest of Darren McFadden, Alfred Morris, Ronnie Hillman, three guys who all proved in different spots that they probably aren't the answer, either at this point in their career or at all. Anthony Hitchens goes down for what looks like is probably going to be the first half of the season. That means they're going to start relying on Jalen Smith all of a sudden. Their backfield is still uh, beyond Byron Jones cobbled together. Sean Lee is a complete uh, injury risk at all times. I'm starting to feel like their their defence... It's going to have to do a huge, huge amount. It, it, like, Rod Marinelli previously has been a witch and turned really bad defensive units into really good defensive units in Dallas. But without Zeke to keep them off the field, I think there could be a real problem there. I think they've got huge problems in, in, in every facet, which is they're not the kind of team who I would ever expect to back up a really good year with another one anyway because I just don't. Hugely believe in the in the organisation's ability to do that with the coaching staff. They've got a year's worth of tape on Dak now, so you would project at least early in the season a slight step back. That's usually what happens. As you've mentioned there, the, the running backs aren't great. And, and in reality, the running game is so key in helping that defence out anyway that they could, have, they could have problems there. And the defence is... I mean, it wasn't talented last year, and they've got way worse. Like... And the Jalen Smith thing, as much as it's a really nice story, I've, I've every video I've seen of him, he looks like he can run. So that is that is going to be a major problem as well. So <laughs> you think not running a big problem? Wow. <laughs> well, you would you would think it would be. I mean, the other element is that their division is incredible, and the Giants look like to me the best team in that division by a good distance now. And then the other two teams are viable as well. So yeah, I could see the Cowboys having a a massively disappointing year compared to last season. And I don't think it was NFC North bluster from OCU Manure on the um, NFL show last week, uh, where I, uh, Matt, you of course were on it uh, doing the uh, the the North, uh, sorry, N- NFC East bluster and rivalry. But he predicted the Cowboys, I think, would finish third 
in that division and the giants would would sweep it because you're right looking at everybody else looking at the other teams the um the giants are stacked offense and their defense is that was outstanding washington terrell Pryor looks like he might become the real deal and with kirk cousins he's a very very good quarterback i can only see a major drop off from the cowboys and i would welcome it and i think <laughs> I, 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 I think I think Philly massively bear watching this year as well. Like I think their defense is going to be really, really good. And then so excited for their front seven. So yeah, excited to watch yeah. them get in action. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously Carson Wentz is a bit of an unknown, but all the signs are that he'll. You would think he'll he'll take a step forward this year. And I realise that's the opposite of what I've just said. Dak will do, but I, I just think Prescott set such a ridiculously high bar last year that it's really tough to improve on that when. Teams have spent the off-season studying you, whereas Wentz, there are, there are some obvious little issues there that if he can clean them up, you would think he'd get a little bit better. Well, Sherry, I think he took a step back during last season where people found him out and uh, figured out what he was all about, and he's had the off-season to correct that. So I think you're right. I think he will uh, take the, his game forward, and conversely, Prescott will go backwards. Fascinating stuff from you. I, I honestly think he needs to take his game forward because second half of last season, I didn't think Carson Wentz was good enough. But coming back to my much earlier point, he's a rookie quarterback. He's in his early 20s. He's got to learn. He's got to have time to learn. And I hope he does come back and, and do better this season. That's and hopefully think... behind a more stable offensive line as well. Because when uh, Lane Johnson went down, that was a big issue. Yeah, I think the only the only question mark I would have over both the Giants and the Eagles is Second-year head coaches who I'm not convinced by at all. And and I'd add the addition with the Giants that I genuinely think Eli might be completely shot. So, obviously, if that's the case, there could be some problems for them. We should give the Cowboys just a little bit of luck. A, bit, a little bit of love, sorry, on the basis that they have been helping out the Texans so much this week. With all the Hurricane Harvey stuff going on and the money being raised by J.J. Watt and by the Texans themselves, the Cowboys have allowed the Texans to come and train at their facilities. They've switched their preseason game to AT&T. Like, you know, nice guys. We're just hoping that on the field they do worse. Not hoping. Just That was just Ollie. Um, right, we should talk about starting quarterbacks at bad teams. Uh, but just before we do that, I just wanted to highlight one other move quickly that uh, happened this week. I think quietly could end up being one of the, the, the better moves of this period of the offseason. And that's the Chiefs signing Reggie Ragland for a fourth-round pick in two years' time. Insane. So I totally understand that he missed last season with a torn ACL. And that in Sean McDermott's defence, where they play a front four, he doesn't necessarily fit what they do there. So he's now moving to uh, play with Bob Sutton at the Chiefs, where they do play that 3-4 system, the same one that Rex likes, the same sort of style. Very much a guy that will fit into that system with his versatility. If he comes back fit from that injury and can be as explosive as we saw him at Alabama and as, and as good as we saw him there as a middle linebacker. They could be getting a first-round type talent for a fourth-round pick in two years' time. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Buffalo is kind of the team at the minute where if you if you look at their roster as another team and think, oh, I like that player, just just call them up because they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're so desperate to like try and shed any remnants of the old regime that you might just get a deal I mean I think that is easily one of the de- at the end of the day how often does a fourth round pick pan out so 
you're basically massively getting huge value for a guy. And even if it doesn't work out, what have you really lost? So it's one of the deals of the off-season for me. Yeah, with between Sammy Watkins going, Ronald Darby going, I, I'm actually forgetting half of the players who feel I feel like have left the Bills in the last few weeks. But yeah, they, they feel like they're following the Jets on a season to tank. And on that very point, with Bryce Petty's MCL injury, despite the fact that Josh McCown didn't train at all, or didn't train at all, didn't take a single first team snap uh, ahead of the preseason week three game and didn't play in the preseason week three game, the traditional week where teams roll out their first team, Josh McCown will be the New York Jets starting quarterback for the 2017 season and and I mean if I was Josh McCown and he's made a nice little bit of money in his life I imagine why wouldn't you just retire at this point like <laughs> would would you want that job no like imagine if they'd left with just Christian Hackenberg though yeah he's hugely injury prone as well so for me it's yeah. it's either retire or feign an injury in week one or two and, and just kind of phone it in from that point because there's just no benefit to him, is there, to play? Yeah, I, I, the Jets are an absolute dumpster fire. It's amazing, isn't it, how bad they well, are? Well, I mean, how does how does it work with the Jets now? So the, I think they're massively the most interesting team next off-season because a uh, McCagnan and Ball's going to stay. Because if I, not, I feel like I'll, it. I feel. I, I genuinely feel like at this point that uh, the, the Todd Bowles is essentially just being kept around to be the guy who will take the fall at the end of this season. And I like I like Todd Bowles, but he has been left in a horrible situation. Yeah, well, that's But that's the thing. So either they've decided that they're going to keep him for another year for the reason you've said, and then obviously the benefit of not having two coaching salaries on the, on the books, like they'd be paying double for, for coaches' salaries. Or maybe they have just had a meeting in the off-season and said, look, we're crap. We know we are. We're going to get rid of everybody, but you need to give us two years to try and start turning it around, which I hope is the case because I also am a fan of of Todd Bowles, but it's interesting. Yeah, it was one of, I hope that's the case. I don't expect that that's the case. Yeah. Because that would be giving the Jets quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of backing for in a situation that I don't think they probably deserve it. I know yeah. Todd Bowles is a dour man anyway, but... <laughs> wow. I mean, I mean, I've been watching some of his press conferences uh, for the TalkSport 2 show for a bit of audio, and he barely gives a, an answer longer than five seconds. Um, he, he has... I, I'm not sure whether it's his fault he has that southern drawl, but it doesn't help. Um, uh, he looks like a man that doesn't want to be there. Now, I know a lot of NFL coaches don't want to go and do media don't want to have their media obligations, don't want to do those, but he really doesn't look like he wants to be the coach of the New York Jets, or the coach of this team, anyway. And why Why would he want to Exactly, be? exactly. It's fine, isn't it? He could, be, he could be coaching in Jacksonville. Oh, Christ. Where they have named Blake Bortles the starter for week one, despite uh, the fact that it looked like it might be Chad Henney. That's how bad Blake Bortles has been in preseason. And, and the the thing with the whole Jackson th- Jacksonville situation at the moment is it's been a shocking start for the new regime because they were in place early enough and everybody knew that they were going to encounter this problem. Like It's the most predictable thing ever. The balls is basically mentally shot now. So everybody knew that they needed to sign somebody who, if that happened, they could start. 
And for them not to do that is a complete joke. The fact that Shard Khan this week has come out and gone, oh, yeah, I'd sign Colin Kaepernick quite happily. That's, that's where LSU they've got to. Department. Sorry we missed your call, but if you leave us your name and what number... What just happened? Just as soon as we can. What's going on Thanks there? for calling and have a nice day. What? Somehow, tone, somehow another call just got added to the call. Uh, is someone signing in? Elsewhere? No. No, that was like an um, uh, some American number. And it went to a voicemail. That was weird. <laughs> that was really weird. That was the most bizarre thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> and the king of hyperbole is back. <laughs> but, um, we should leave well, yeah, all of that so, in. So the, the, we've got to leave all that in. Um, so, yeah, the Jaggy was like, it's just been a terrible start, hasn't it? Like, imagine if they had Patrick Mahomes now. It'd be exciting, wouldn't it? Or even, you know, even if they signed somebody viable. in the, Even if they had Josh McCown right now. You would at least say they've got a guy who you would think might win the odd game. But it's just a joke. Colin Kaepernick. Anyone. Yes. No, but, but if the... And this is the Kaepernick thing, ultimately. If Jacksonville signed Kaepernick and the defence is as good as it should be, then they suddenly become a team who could get into the playoffs. So why not sign him? The coaching team exactly. doesn't want it. The Shadkan has said, We're, I'm open to him coming, but... The coaching team, it's almost as though the coaching team on the back of Shadkan saying, yeah, I would have no issue with Colin Kaepernick joining the organisation. The coaching team went, right, Blake Sportles is our starter. We don't want Kaepernick in the building. It's bizarre. The whole thing's bizarre. Yeah, it is. And I just, I don't get any of it. I mean, I'm sure the Bills would trade Tyrod Taylor if they phoned them up. Tyrod Taylor would be great. Anyone would be better than those two Dirtbags who are in there at the moment. I feel bad yeah. for Brandon Allen at this point. We're giving him no love. <laughs> that is the exact response that deserved. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, the thing is on the Kaepernick thing, I feel like I can't even comment on it anymore because I obviously had to watch him play football for two years. Um, but I, he, he offers an upgrade on Blake Balls right now, probably. And the system they run isn't that complicated there. And they've gone out and got Leonard Fournette, who is uh, a kind of hopefully bell cow running back. What you need if you've got Kaepernick as your starter is a good defense who's going to give you good field position, a running back who's going to be able to carry the load, uh, and a guy like Alan Robinson who can go up and catch those wayward balls. So they've got, they've got everything you need to potentially make him successful. But you do have to adapt the offense to him, which is why, I mean, I was banging the table for the Ravens signing him because I think actually they're as close as to an offense, apart from the fact they've not got a good running back there. But in terms of the line, in terms of the way they play, in terms of the play action and everything else, as close as you've got to a situation that could work for him. Uh, I, yeah, Kaepernick, I guess, is the best option. Now Jay Cutler's no longer available. Yeah, but so, I, and, and there's the other issue. And maybe Cutler wouldn't have signed for him, but I, I would think he would because that Jaguars roster is better than Miami's. You could have had Jay Cutler, who clearly is way better than Blake Bortles. Why didn't they sign him? It just None of it makes any sense. Yeah. It's just... And it's so maddening when the Jaguars come to the UK every year and you do kind of want to see them do well. It's just completely ridiculous, isn't it? Like, I more than I, I more than kind of want to see them do well. I desperately want to see them. Yeah, do well. absolutely. It's just you know what it's, it's like. It's just beyond frustrating. You know what it's like. It's when you have a sibling who's going out with someone that you don't approve of and you don't like, and you think they could do so much better, and there's nothing you can do about it because you're watching it from afar. You know, if you say something, 
like Shad Khan did. They'll just go and do the opposite. It's like that. It's like we're completely helpless and watching this dumpster fire just burn away. I feel I like I was. No I feel like that a, analogy was yeah, gone, but it's exactly. I, I feel like I feel like I was really in on that analogy initially, and then as you got more and more into it, I was like, "No, Ollie, stop this! This is starting to fall apart." That was a great analogy. It worked perfectly yeah. well. I uh, doubted it, and then was pulled around. Yeah, isn't well, that funny? I was exactly the other way around. Who, who would have thought? <laughs> um, <laughs> and the final starting QB that has been named this week is. In no surprise whatsoever, Deshaun Kaiser is starting for the Browns this season. Now, I, I my, my only problem with the Browns starting Kaiser now is that whilst I, I get that you've just got to go, if you're the Browns, you've got to get out there and you've got to see what you can do with whatever you've got there. And Kaiser has the best arm. He's shown the most in preseason, although preseason is preseason. But they've got quite a tough start to the year. They have to face the Steelers first up, then go to the Ravens, to the Colts, home to the Bengals, before they get the Jets in week five. This guy could be a, a broken mess by the time it gets to week five. Uh, I personally think this is one of the best situations a rookie quarterback has ever been in. Like, <laughs> no, this, is, this isn't... Whoa, whoa, whoa. This isn't Dak Prescott. <laughs> now, this is... You this just is made really- it... Uh, you made an this incredible is... claim there. <laughs> let, let me explain. The king of hyperbole so, strikes again. The, the only two I can obviously think of that were, were better were Russell Wilson in Seattle because that defence was awesome even in that first year. And and Dak. But the great thing about F- for Kaiser here is the offensive line is, is, is brilliant. Really, really good offensive line. Maybe yeah, yeah. second best in the league, I reckon, behind the Cowboys. Whoa. Especially um, now that the Packers ones have all left as well, yeah. Yeah, I think they've got like, a great I offensive like, I like Oakland a lot. Well, it's it, it's between those three, I think. But ultimately, really good offensive line. Um, and ultimately, if if Cleveland win four games this year and Kaiser looks half decent, that is going to be considered a good season. So expectations are so low. They know there are going to be growing pains. And for me, the key ingredient for any young quarterback is a good offensive line, which he's got. Really good guy in Hugh Jackson to be working with as well. Very good offensive mind, really switched on. So for me, it's just a perfect situation because the expectations are just insanely low. Nobody expects him to go in and win 12 games or the the Browns to do it. So he's going to have time. They know they're going to be growing pains. And ultimately, he could throw... 30 interceptions this year and if the Browns win five games and he throws 20 touchdown passes people will think oh well there might be something there I like it I'll tell you the other one that stands out in recent seasons was not that recent but Jay Cutler when he first joined the Broncos uh, should have been a perfect situation he cutled it up I also like Isaiah Crowell that's the other thing and if you don't have to go up against Greg Williams competitively then you're less likely to get injured so yeah, exactly. there's lots of positives for Deshaun Kaiser. I mean, uh, the, the problem is, I imagine he's the kind of guy who takes competition into practice, so maybe you're more likely to get injured. Maybe, maybe. Uh, look, guys, I think that kind of rounds off all of our news. We've gone very long just on the news, which is fine. Yeah. I'm all for that. Uh, what's your... Is, is there anything more that you guys want to cover and talk about? Um, no. no. I mean, the Jerry, only thing, the no, only thing keep... I was... Go ahead. The other thing I was going to mention is I mentioned the picks game, but uh, we are currently 
got an advertising partner at the moment called Spreadex, and it's a it's a lot of money to enter. It's like two hundred and fifty quid, but basically it is picking five games a week against the spread. Um, all the details will be on our Twitter account. We're kind of doing a few tweets a week. Also, we've got an advertiser on our website where people can read about it. But the long and short of it is, it's two hundred and fifty quid to enter if you think you're good at picking games. Five games a week that you think will beat the spread, and then. It's a league table system. At the end of the season, uh, I think the top 7.5% of entrants get paid. Last year, I think there were about 175 people, and then the winner won £20,000. So if people have £250 or they want to buddy up with some mates, um, please just have a look at our website. It's really good. I think I'm going to try and enter it myself. Um, so, yeah, I just thought I'd let people know about that. And the latest magazine is currently sat still in uh, still in its wrapping on my table. But I'm going to be checking out today on my day off. Uh, big Gronk on the front, uh, and uh, lots of exciting stuff in there as we continue our build up to the season. Yeah, it's a good one. We got a exclusive with Gronk. Um, we got behind the scenes with Melafon. We were on on draft day and a, a lot of other stuff in there. Um, big college preview, which is a good thing to read right now with. There were a couple of games this weekend, but it really kicks off properly coming up this weekend. So, yeah. Good magazine. Go out and buy it. Head to our website. Great stuff. Matt Sherry, thank you to you. So, just to pull back the curtain slightly, the uh, plan to do stuff with Dutton didn't work out for this week. So, we're going to do some fancy stuff in our next show, which will be Dutton's on fault. Friday's time. I would it was all Dutton's fault. I'd love to say it was Dutton's fault, but it's much more to do with me going to see Terminator 2 in 3D at the cinema. Oh, uh, what, like a... A redo. They've they've re-released it. Do you know what? A, a retroactive 3D for a one-off special. It was sold out. Was well, two I, screens were sold out. I think it's almost. It's not quite an untapped market, but it's a market that could explode. Because well, there are so many movies I'd love to go and see in the cinema because one I didn't see them first time round or two I'd love to go and see them again in so the cinema so this is the conversation I had with Sarah last night my wife um, is wow. that the uh, like not necessarily the retroactive 3D which was fine with Terminator 2 but not nothing special but like if uh, you tend to get cinemas like the Prince Charles Cinema in London do it a lot those outdoor screenings do a lot where they screen classic films yeah, yeah, yeah. but if they did like for one week only we're going to re-release Die Hard at the cinema I'd go and watch it. I'd go and watch it. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I was going to say Tarantino movies. I'd oh, go and watch them at the incredible. cinema. You know what film's incredible at the cinema? Gladiator. Great movie at the yeah. cinema. I'd I mean, go and watch it, it again. It wouldn't jump out at me, but okay. Well, I'm telling you, it's not, great at the cinema. You know that... Not f- a big that, Russ Crowe fan. Uh, but that first scene with the, the Germans and the big fight scene... Uh, that's a great scene in the This cinema. is really like we've completely restarted the podcast, isn't it? Which is why <laughs> yeah, it also sorry. sounds like I'm in studio with Ollie, because I am now in studio with Ollie, instead of at home in my pants. I wasn't in my pants. I promise you I had shorts on. Maybe. Uh, but what we're going to do, because there are a few bits of news. We recorded the show 24 hours ago, and then the, the fantasy stuff fell through. But there have been a couple of bits of news in those 24 hours that are worth us talking about. All so right. let's do a quick five minutes here of me and Ollie talking about that news. Yeah, yeah sounds good. Uh, starting off with Browns cutting former Pro Bowl cornerback Joe 
Hayden. Uh, they have been shipping him for a good year now around the league, trying to find a trade partner. Uh, he, the, the 2010 first round pick signed a six year deal, $74 million back in 2014. But essentially all of the guaranteed money from that is gone bar the four million guaranteed this year, which the Browns will still have to pay because he's passed the deadline for that. So, so they were hoping that someone was going to pick up that option, that four million. Not just the four million, but they could pick up a pick for him. I mean, Joe Hayden, he's had a really injury hit couple of years, but he could still have quite the impact. When fully fit, he has been one of the best cornerbacks yeah, in the league yeah. in the last five years. And so I, uh, there is a, an argument that the only real surprise that nobody's gone and picked him up for that option is the idea that they would then have the advantage when it came to him hitting... Because he's been with the team over four years, he immediately hits free agency, and I think that there will be instant interest in him. I mean, I'm sure he'll probably end up going to the bloody Patriots, but... Or the Jets. But do you know where he could fit in quite nicely? I think he could fit in quite nicely at the Cowboys. Dallas is a great shout. I looked this up because I, I thought of this straight away. $13 million in cap space... Two of their top corners left this year. So they've got Orlando Scandrick back, Anthony Brown, Nolan Carroll, who was terrible for the Eagles last year, a bunch of rookies. They're desperate for corner help. He's exactly the sort of player they could need. And considering that you're listening to this podcast as you are, and we spent about five minutes slacking off the Cowboys 20 minutes ago, then, <laughs> you know... Well, there you go. That's it. Uh, uh, another, another interesting one. Vontae Davis uh, is going to miss multiple uh, weeks with a groin injury suffered during training yesterday. Uh, Chuck Magano has confirmed. Now, the Colts are in a position where right now they're appearing in bottom fives, if not right down the bottom of people's power rankings. They're relying on surgically repaired shoulders, which haven't seen the field yet in Andrew Luck, and a defence which has had a lot of new signings come in, but nothing massive happened there. If they are intending to be competitive this year, and I think any team with Andrew Luck should at least be aiming for the playoffs, regardless of the quality of the rest of the roster, Vontae Davis out. Joe Hayden could be an interesting option to come in and partner with Vontae Davis longer term, fill in with him short term. That, that, that's, that's a, uh, I think, an interesting shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I'd agree with you there. They did draft heavily in, in <laughs> the defensive area. Um, but, again, we don't know how... You never know how rookies are going to take to the field it, when it comes to meaningful NFL football so yeah a, a, a stop gap would be a good idea a lot of, lot of cap space in Indianapolis as well um, and, and Adam Schefter has just tweeted two teams that are expected to be heavy in the market for him are the Kansas City Chiefs who obviously have Marcus Peters on one side but on the other side one of the best players in the NFL I love Marcus Peters but then you come on the other side and they've got the likes of Kenneth Acker Philip Gaines Stephen Nelson a couple of guys in there who can play the slot quite well you bring in Joe Hayden to play opposite Peters and then bring one of those guys down in as the nickel corner as the slot corner that's quite an interesting shout and then the New Orleans Saints is the other one who um, have just suffered that injury to Delvin Bro so currently they're starting corners are Ken Crawley and the rookie Marshall and Lattimore uh-huh. um, that I mean they play a lot of nickel PJ Williams will play a lot but that definitely screams at me a team who could do with a player like Joe Hayden if Joe Hayden's fully fit yeah yeah I can't I can't disagree with any of that yeah, well, I, and neither I, I should just you. Can't. I just neither can't. should you. Uh, what was uh, other news? Uh, the other bit of news. Oh, the Vance McDonald traded to the Steelers. Uh, the 49ers get a fourth round pick uh, and giveaway. So they move up a round, basically, in the 2018 draft. Uh, and Vance McDonald moves to the Steelers' former second round pick, signed a new five year, 35 million contract extension in December. The new regime has attempted to trade the 27 year old. A numerous times this off season has finally found somebody. Why were they looking to trade him? Uh, and also, 
for those whose tight end depth chart doesn't go beyond, say, 12 to 15, what kind of tight end, what kind of player is he? Vance McDonald is a player who, I mean, all I can really imagine is that he was never going to fit into the offensive scheme that the uh, the new head coach was bringing over from the Falcons. I, I think that there's got to be an element for Carl Shanahan. The, the tight end in that scheme, they play a lot of kind of heavy set lines and they'll play stuff where they have two backs in. The, the tight end, as we've seen, has never been that productive from a pass-catching perspective. Um a few touchdowns the Falcons for tight ends and well, maybe Austin Hooper yeah, uh, Toy Lolo as well and people are saying now that Shanahan's gone that uh, especially Hooper is going to have a much better season so yeah that kind of makes sense and, and, and maybe the, fa- the fact that he's, he is more of a pass catcher than he is a blocker he's not a bad blocker but he's certainly not raised his game in the way that the likes of say Travis Kelsey have whereas the Steelers they get to, they've got their lines set. They've got Le'Veon Bell, the most patient runner in the world. Mm-hmm. That that chemistry already works. Um, they lost uh, the fellow who they signed Ladarius from Green. Ladarius Green this off season. So why not go out and get another good pass catching tight end? And it just adds another weapon to the Steelers. I know he's not like going out and getting a first round pick, but he's it just adds more depth to that already incredibly deep Steelers offense. And it feels like one of those things that's a good move for all concerned. Is he a better player than Ladarius Green? A different player to Ladarius Green. Ladarius Green is a guy who has flashed so much. The one of the quickest players I've ever seen play tight end, and a decent ball catcher, but has never lived up to the potential hype. Um, I would like to see. I'd, yeah, I'd like to see them both have full seasons in at the, the Steelers. I mean, Ladarius Green felt like a great fit for the Steelers. It's not worked out, so I guess he's going to work out for them. But it's yeah. a bit of injury problems there. A, a player that did leave. San Francisco over the last week or so and I spotted has worked out or visited Green Bay is Ahmad Brooks 33 linebacker would that be a good fit or or converse not conversely but as well as do you think he will end up on a team somewhere uh, I would say um, that the I'd say the situation with uh, Ahmad Brooks is that he's 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 left the 49ers because there's a lot of quality on that front seven, but it's a lot of young quality. There's an there's a, there's a acceptance that this year we are not going to be contenders. Not in the NFC West, not in the playoffs. You know, if we get five or six wins this year, I think most people will be happy with that, but show some offensive progression, show some progression in that front seven, and know that we are building towards something. Ahmed Brooks is exactly one of those sort of players, and it's why a lot of people uh, were calling for Navarro Bowman to potentially be traded or cut as well. You would cry if that happened, I right? would, uh, maybe a little bit. A little weep. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, he's a player who has some impact. He can rush the passer still. He's good. He's actually good at setting the edge against the run as well. He's underrated in that area. Was very good at doing that when we used to play uh, the, the, the three four style front seven that we used to play under. Uh, 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 What's his face? Harbour. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so full of cold and my head just is all over the shop today. Uh, I don't know if you noticed earlier, but I've briefly forgot Carl Shanahan's name. Yeah, I did. To, uh, I did. I let you go with that it, one. But... I let you go with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, God. Don't, oh. You're almost as ill as I was a couple of weeks ago. The thing is, I don't feel particularly bad. Mate, I just, sound I'm awful. just bunged up. But I actually, like, I feel fine. Bunged like, I feel awake and yeah, I feel yeah, with yeah. it and whatever, but just, you know, full of full of the head cold. Um, right. So, yeah, an interesting point. Uh, I think Armad Brooks still 
could make an impact somewhere, kind of role player guy. Packers is an interesting one because they do lack a bit on the outside. But yeah, uh, yeah, I'd agree with you wholeheartedly there. Wholeheartedly. Beautiful. Uh, right, that brought us up to date with all the latest and other news. Uh, obviously, as always, go to at Gridiron to check us out. I'm about to put up a, a poll on Joe Hayden asking where you think his best landing spot would be out of those we've named on the podcast here. Uh, keep checking out for the the podcast because we'll be doing fancy stuff like this week and we'll begin to preview the season we are just over a week away gridiron show will be at least two shows a week as the season gets underway so that's all very exciting uh ollie and obviously get in touch with ben mortimer at touchdown trips if you are thinking about doing a trip this year he is gonna get you the best deal it's well worthwhile i've just come back from two, th- two and a half weeks in the states which ben had set up all uh, set all up for us and it was a dream oh that's great ollie any final thoughts uh, uh, college football's on. Just guys, just check out uh, ESPN Player or BT Sport or whatever. See when college football's on over the weekend, over the next coming days. Um, just just get involved. It's a good little by the uh, way aperitif. College uh, college football back on Saturday. If we had bothered doing any podcasts while I was away on holiday, yes, yeah, um, uh, then we probably could do a college football pod. But FSU. Alabama, first Saturday of the season. We're getting the number one and number yeah. three ranked teams in the country going head to head. It's possibly the biggest game of the regular college season, and it's happening on Saturday night, 1 a.m. Definitely watch it and go to gridiron-magazine.com to check out our uh, preview of it as well. Oh, great. Great work, mate. There you go. See, I had, a, I had a, a final thought. You then extrapolated. It's all brilliant. We've, we've, we, you know, let's go pat ourselves on the back and I'll go drink a Lemsip. Thank you very much for listening. This has been The Gridiron Show. Hazel Irvin here at Spencer Park in Coventry, where 37-year-old Emily and her mates are taking part in a fancy dress fun run to fundraise for sport relief. And that means I've been lumbered with her dog, Tilly. Oh, Tilly, not over there. And they're off. An impressive array of costumes on show today, everything from penguins to pirates, all taking on poverty and injustice. Respect. Spectacular! Poverty getting crushed by Katie on a space hopper. Easy. Coming into the final stretch now, and it's neck and neck. I think we're in for a photo finish here. But it's Suzanne smashing through injustice. She is a winner. Hey, Tilly, get off my tutu. Tilly, sit. You can help change the world too. Just get your exclusive Sport Relief merchandise at Janeiro's Sainsbury's. Sport Relief. It's game on. This message was brought to you by Acast.